0: And Ludnik, a real bum. The bad clowns freak him out.
1: This is the... Theme song of the pockets of the movie of the yokel of the nephew who's a dreamer, and he can't keep a job. We watch the... Movie by the minute, and we talk about what's in it, but we want it to be different, so we added two more seconds. It's UHF 62.
0: Uh, 60 second. UHF 60 second. Everybody out there, this is UHF 62nd. This is the podcast where myself, David Johnson, and my co-host, Jonathan Carlisle talk about the 1989 French film UHF for 62 seconds at a time, except for way longer because we talk about it for a while, but what we talk about is 62 seconds of the movie UHF at a time. And today we are talking about minute 17. And today, we're going to be talking about Minute 17 with Sean. Welcome, Sean. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for, for having me.
2: I'm
1: excited to be here. I, I missed that. Does, does Sean have a last name?
0: I no, He does, like, but I don't know. <laughs> is it is it Germain or is it actually just German? German. Sean German. Is that, is that French? Fine. Yes. Yes. The, uh, yes. Yes. No, it's, it's not French.
1: <laughs> yes, it's not.
0: Yes, no. It probably will be French by the time we're done with... Uh, with this episode, we'll we'll find a way to make it French, as we do all things. Miss Angerman, if you're nasty. Is that nasty, or?
2: <laughs> it's French.
0: For those of you uh, who have no idea what uh, is happening in minute 17, uh, Jonathan will fill you in.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, so this this lady that we have just met in our last minute is yelling at us, and uh, I believe we also get to club a baby seal.
0: Whoa. Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) You know I'll do it. um, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, I'm playing a fun game uh, on this episode, which is uh, prepare your notes well in advance and don't look at them uh, when it gets close to recording time. (laughs) So, I was about ready to correct you that the sealed clubbing was in the next uh, uh, minute, but you are indeed correct, Jonathan.
1: We will definitely get to that. But we probably don't want to start there. That's a little heavy. Instead, we'll just start with the yelling lady. This
2: is an interesting way to start off with, with your new boss. <laughs> and, and and probably lucky that it is a, um, you know, the, the new manager of the station is as uh, agreeable as George is. Because usually, you know, saying that the job really sucks is uh, <laughs> not really kind of the best introduction. But it seems like this woman has uh, no more patience. She's She's been through it. And she just doesn't care anymore.
1: I kind of get that feeling like they've changed bosses so many times that those that are still at the station, like they know how things go and Mm -hmm. they basically run the station. So they're, I think she's, yeah, she's, she's not too afraid of anybody else coming in at this point.
2: Right. Yeah. She, she's gonna, she figures she's gonna outlast anyone who comes in. And I imagine this has been kind of through the ringer. Like, I guess like she's probably just seen a series of loser nephews. (laughs) <laughs> of of, <laughs> of, po- of of poker playing uncles that have won this station as it gets passed around you know through various poker games and just yeah this is the the boss du
0: jour and uh this is a no-nonsense lady and she's not t-
2: she's not having it
0: I I really like the idea now that you've you said this that uh, this was the first time that uh, uncle uh, Harvey had played poker with this particular group of gentlemen so everybody in the <laughs> at the poker table had owned this station at one point in time and they're like we got to get somebody new in this game <laughs> so that we can offload this uh, <laughs> this uh, UHF station
2: yeah one of those things like when you lose they're like yeah we need <laughs> yeah. some fresh blood the reverse ringer Instead of like winning big at the end, they're like, all right, we got to make this guy feel good or we got to make him feel bad. You know, we'll beat him a couple rounds. So he's down and then we'll get a really big pot and, you know, get him to go all in and then throw in the station. So, So he just goes away happy. And then by the time he realizes what we've stuck him with, it's too late. Yeah when he when he's first when we see him afterwards he's talking about it and he's like oh i i couldn't get rid of it i got stuck with this station i guess imagine like you reach a point where like once you get the radio station you're going to win every hand from there on out cuz no one wants this thing
0: <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> thinking back on it he does seem to be familiar with the station as soon as he comes back into the party with uh Esther you know he's like eh, it's a yeah he knows all about the station and he knows he's got to dump it right away so but uh, yeah, maybe, they, maybe there was a, a, a another new guy at that uh, poker game that they were trying to dump it off on and it didn't work out. So he got stuck with it. Every night, every time they play poker, somebody knows they have to go home <laughs> with the station.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, when I when I was in high school, my circle of friends, we had a gag gift that like, so, you know, every so every so a different person got it every time it was someone's birthday. You'd get this gag gift and then you just had to pass it on to the next person <laughs> the next birthday and it just kind of went around the circle. And I imagine this station is uh, is kind of like that, and at this point, past the prime of, of UHF t- broadcasting. So,
0: yeah, especially this station, as they're playing so many reruns, <laughs> it sure would be great to get some some new shows, some live shows.
1: Yeah. That's that's next minute, isn't it? Oh, chill, chill out. Let's talk about let's <laughs> talk about this minute, these sixty-two seconds. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So the first thing she says is. Uh, Basically, she was hoping to be bumped up to news, which is really her forte. Forte. Um, she says forte. forte. Uh, uh, I guess she's French. Yeah, that
2: is
0: the French pronunciation. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, actually, the, the French pronunciation of that would, in this case, would be fort. So she's yeah. saying it wrong in all kinds of ways. <laughs> yeah. um, this is one, I kind of looked it up. This is one of those weird things where the actual correct pronunciation, in this sense, is fort. Um, but we are all used to hearing Forte for this meaning where forte is actually a reserve just for the musical notation forte meaning strong or loud, but we're also used to it that even the correct version sounds wrong and will probably just eventually be wrong because nobody will use that anymore. And I think it's kind of a joke that uh, she doesn't necessarily sound like a a newscaster.
2: Though she, she doesn't sound bad. I imagine you've, you've talked about the, the wonderful Fran Drescher just only a little bit she's giving a a more natural performance i think you know if, if people are familiar uh with with uh, miss drusher through the nanny where she plays up the accent and the voice a little sure. bit more um so it's it's not that
1: bad i could see her her doing news and besides it's a uhf station who's watching <laughs> anyway well i didn't say i'd hate it but i just <laughs> thought you know like your your typical newscaster and right. this is their first meeting with her and she's just like ah. but i
0: was i was wondering she says you know news is really more her fort has she how do, <laughs> is she is that a self-proclaimed you know has she does she have any um uh, journalism background or any uh, kind of credentials or has she just decided that that is really more her fort i'm guessing no I'm, I'm i'm thinking like a, a correspondence school
2: like something you find on the back of you know on the back of a matchbook yeah that seems that seems or, about right you know ac refrigeration slash truck driving slash news correspondence school
0: like the atlas bodybuilding type thing yeah
2: <laughs> yeah you know the, the back of the comic book you know you uh-huh. get you yeah know, are you are you are you tired of getting beat up by bullies on the beach well then
0: learn to become a broadcaster are you tired of being a receptionist? <laughs> Learn to be a journalist.
1: Well, it looks like she's reading a, uh, a romance novel or something. There's something on the desk that I can only imagine that's what that is. Yeah. It could be some pamphlet or brochure for something else. but This is an office that she that she's in, and
2: there's there's so much going on, but I particularly want to mention when when we get the shot of um, who we'll find out is, is Pamela. Sitting here at the desk, greeting George and Bob, it's like a gardening trellis behind her.
0: Oh, the lattice, yeah, <laughs> the um, lattice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'll feature prominently in the next couple of minutes, and it's yeah, it's an interesting. Uh... So they built this set. The set uh, I believe is inside of the the mall where they did most of the sets and uh, the soundstage stuff in Tulsa. Is that right, Jonathan? Uh, I believe so. Yes, the yeah, inside the so station. This is a built set. So that was a choice that was made. Maybe it was a budgetary choice, but that was a choice <laughs> that was made to have this uh, Lattice work in there. The, the same choice that every high school makes when
1: they start off their... Uh, Drama clubs. Their stage building. Yep.
2: Well, yeah, you have to start somewhere.
1: But then she gets to uh, meet Bob, and everything's, everything's fine. So is this like the breaking point? Is this typically where someone would just be running out the door, but George is just like, well, we'll just roll with it.
2: Yeah, the... <laughs> Well, and, and George and Bob are just like frozen in their steps. They're not moving. They're not blinking. They're just staring at her while Pamela rants for about, you know, just 20 seconds to lead off this segment of the film, capping it off with, you know, this job really sucks in a sigh. And then George is just like, and this is my friend, Bob, like as if she had just said hello and none of that rant ever happened. You know, he's just bringing it back down to earth. But yeah, I guess I imagine at some point yeah, this is usually the point where where most of the loser nephews just turn around and and say, "Uncle, you can keep your station." But not George, not all George. He's 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 got stick to itiveness He's got imagination. He's not be scared off that <laughs>
1: He he does have that. Yeah. They've also worked a lot of sucky jobs, so there might be part of them that's just like
0: yeah, I'm okay. I can get that. Yeah, he's not being picked up by the collar and thrown off the premise. So you know, it's been worse. It's- <laughs> so it's, it's it's a
1: step
2: up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> maybe that's what. He, maybe that's why they're just staring
1: at her. They're just waiting for her to like get behind the desk and <laughs> just, or yeah. get out behind the desk and push them around. They're like,
0: oh, okay, great. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I haven't been removed, I guess I'm staying.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't see George as the type who has quit any job ever like you, you he's always been fired and you're going to you're going to have
1: to physically remove him from the pre- premises cuz he's not leaving on his own yeah even even the job that we did see him get physically removed he was still wearing the uniform like the entire rest of the day <laughs> he just doesn't quit
0: now that uh, brings me to something that i am interested in here um, so th- we know that this is day 2 so far So after this uh, Pamela um, introduction, we cut to the crazy Ernie, which we need to talk about, and then we see George and um, uh, uh, Bob at at the desks, and they seem pretty settled in. Do we think there is a time jump uh, in this minute, or is this still the same day? I'm going to say it's the same day, just based on their introduction. Okay. Okay.
1: That the you know every every maybe they pause for a few seconds between each thing and then just immediately move into the next thing. So after their after she met Bob and they said their little ha ha and then they took a little tour and then they just kind of paused for a second and then they just sat down and got right to work. All right. So. I, I
2: imagine there has been some passage of time, enough for you know Bob and George to get settled in and now you know they're starting to look through paperwork and files and whatnot. Uh, but I would think it was the same day.
0: Yeah, and they are wearing the same clothes, uh, which you know leads me to believe that it's the same day. But they probably don't have a lot of suits <laughs> though either. So
2: yeah, just uh, I would say that doesn't
1: mean much for George. But but if Bob's wearing the same clothes, I think that that would tells me tell me the same day. I think Bob's with it. Bob's responsible. Right? <laughs> Bob would be changing his tie at least. Now I thought it was interesting.
2: There's so we see behind Bob. There's a television in the corner. But it's not on and it's not tuned to the station. Like I would think most media companies, TV stations, radio stations, what have you, in their lobby, they're showing what they're showing. They're kind of showing the product they'd have the station on. But then again, I could also see where Pamela's probably, they probably started that at some point. That's why the television's there. And then Pamela was just like, I I can't watch this crap. (laughs) I can't watch all these reruns.
1: And it's also not the same television that we see uh, Crazy Ernie come on. That's true. So it's not like they just turned it on and boom, there he was. I'm not even sure. Oh, yeah. Maybe we have to decide how that happens. Yeah. Well, Why why are we even seeing Crazy Ernie?
2: Yeah.
1: I, I, I want to say,
2: I one of the great things about this movie, and something that there's no way they could have known or planned for when they were making it back in 1989. But here in the 21st century, so I have what, a reasonably current flat LCD screen and as the current televisions do it's got a very thin bezel it's pretty much all screen and so when they do these things like when they show the commercial when they show a close up of a television my tv turns into a giant old television <laughs> cuz i can i can barely see the bezel around the screen and the whole screen just looks like an old tv um and it, it, we get it a little we get it at the beginning of of the commercial here uh, or is it the whole commercial? Yeah. No. Yeah. Just the no, beginning it where it shows the, the yeah, set yeah. around cousin Ernie's commercial. And there's a couple other times where it shows close-ups where the whole screen is a TV set. And like my giant mm-hmm. LCD turns into
0: this giant <laughs> 1980s tube. That should, that should be happening more often. Yeah. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised. Like where does this seal come from?
2: Cause the, the, you know, <laughs> Nothing else in this commercial gives the impression of any kind of budget. So are we to think like they spent all the money on the seal or is this like... Well, that's okay. Let's get into it.
0: Yeah. So the seal um, in the commentary, Weird Al uh, says, you know, that they, they wanted to get a harp seal, a baby harp seal for the joke to really work. But they ended up with... Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand um but they ended up with what in his words a quote-unquote circus seal uh that's what they had to uh do the the gag with was a circus seal it was just Mm -hmm. not the kind of seal that uh al wanted so he had in mind a harp seal i didn't i couldn't figure out i tried to figure out if there was some famous incident of a harp seal uh being clubbed to death couldn't come up with anything i asked my wife just kind of idly wondering aloud um kind of said it out loud in her vicinity you know why why a harp seal and she her immediate reply without skipping a beat was because uh crazy ernie's uh harping on everybody to buy his car so a harp seal but i i I don't know that that's it But that's like that's kind of funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can't, ima- can't imagine a Weird Al's just like, "Dang it! I wanted a harp seal to make this pun really work." <laughs> Although it's not a spoken pun, <laughs> yep. so nobody will really know. It's just an understood pun. Except for David's pun. wife, yeah. far in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there's a, there's some questions that Ernie himself poses and never answers, like when he's introducing the Car Emporium, which is a uh, which he says in emporium is a giant supermarket of cars. So I'm wondering, first of all do you think crazy Ernie wanted to call it crazy Ernie's giant supermarket of cars? And somebody's like, no, 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 you got to shorten that down. Um, (laughs) The the sign painter charges
2: by the letter.
1: Right. right, right. All right.
2: What's a shorter word for giant market of cars.
1: And then he, and then he says that everybody's asking him, where'd you get all those cars? But he never answers that. So I'm guessing he's probably got some, (laughs) he's got some channel, some underground channel that he's he's getting all these cars from. And somebody gave him a seal. So he's like, I'm going to put it in my commercial. What else am I going to do with this?
0: Yeah. Oh, so you're saying that you we think that on one of the cars, cars got traded in with a seal in the car?
1: Um, yeah, I like that. Hmm. Just one think... of the
0: trade ins, and it was like a you know, a
1: circus folk just one of, like a runaway <laughs> seal from oh uh, maybe all the clowns like scattered and just there was a seal sitting in the <laughs> back Their seal because the the folks that club
2: seals you do it for the fur. It has to be like a baby yeah, that seals nice yeah. seal fur. Right. And you usually you need a blunt instrument because you don't wanna you don't wanna Jamish break the so fur. Like yeah. if you shoot it, you end up with a hole in your coat or your scarf or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is not I don't not that I'm an expert, but I don't think this is the kind of not that you should club any seal, but if you were, this isn't the kind of seal you, you'd you do it with.
0: Well no, you you do it with Although a, harp you also, seal, <laughs> a harp seal, apparently. A harp seal, apparently.
2: and Ernie is very proud of uh, the wide range of colors of cars i mean he's got red cars he's got green cars well he's (laughs) got enough cars to choke a camel (laughs) which is is that a thing i mean is that a phrase that like people say maybe it's like a midwest thing because i outside of this movie i've never heard that
1: i looked that up uh i don't know that i've heard people say that you know outside of referencing this movie um but i guess choking a camel is maybe less common but i guess people say choke a horse I don't, I don't know that I've heard that either, but that's what the internet said. Okay. That's where it comes from. I did find a scientific study where they were <laughs> studying a youth camels or young camels that were choking. Um, it's called Wait, esophageal <laughs> obstructions. And I don't know why they were studying this. Uh, unless it's just some crazy thing where these young camels are all, all choking all the time. But yeah, the foreign objects that they were choking on were plastic bags and sheets, rags and plastic balls... I guess they were just eating everything and choking. Um, None of them were choking on cars, though, huh? No, not choking on cars. Uh, <laughs> not even choking on parts of cars unless they were eating some of the seat finishes or something.
2: So that's more like a a, a goat thing. I could see a goat choking on a car.
1: Yeah, but they maybe they chew it up enough. And they're, they're, their <laughs> uh, throats, their necks aren't as big. So maybe a camel just thinks, I can get this down, no problem. And you get a whole bag in there and then <laughs> start wheezing. <laughs> So
2: their their eyes are bigger than their throat. You think? That's yeah, what happens yep. with the camels?
0: I I want to talk about uh, the actor playing Crazy Ernie for a moment. Uh, all right, told let's get into in the Crazy commentary Ernie. Again, yeah, uh, Crazy Ernie by Al. That uh, you know, oh, this is John Cadenhead. And he says, uh, like, we should all know who that is. Uh, I I did not <laughs> know who that was. You didn't know who that was. No, uh, did you, do you? Are you familiar with John Cadenhead's other work? Not at all. Uh, other work? Yes, yeah. uh, I did look up on IMDb, and I'm not sure how
1: much other work there was. But
0: oh uh, well, I there was. <laughs> he was in an like, earnest one movie, piece of so. work. Yeah, there's some earnest movies, but there was also something that he directed and produced that came out in 1993. Uh, that was um, by the name of. Uh, uh, are, are you familiar with the, this title that I'm about to read? I I I,
2: I just looked it up, and but please, you you go right ahead. You can say this title.
0: Single alien seeks horny Earth girl. <laughs> All
2: right, which he was both producer and director.
0: Hmm. Indeed. Who was the writer? I, I'm not even sure if it has a script, Jonathan.
1: Or <laughs> you don't have to write a script for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm looking at IMDb and uh yeah, no, there's there's no one wanted to take credit for writing this gem. But uh yeah, I'll, I'll admit I was I was not familiar with uh the range of of John Cadenhead's uh <laughs> CV as it was. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting we learn um I can't remember where we learned, but we do learn somewhere that um Crispin Glover had wanted this role very much. Um, he was invited by, uh, Jay LaVie, the director and Weird Al to be in the film. And after he read the script, he said the only role that he had any interest in playing whatsoever was that of crazy Ernie. Weird Al says in one place that he couldn't afford to fly out Crispin just for this little bit part, uh, or, um, another, uh, place, uh, Weird Al said that, you know, he didn't see Crispin as crazy Ernie. But so we we were denied a Crispin Glover Crazy Ernie, hmm. which is pretty sad, actually, in in my book. Yeah, I think he would have had his own take on
2: the on the character. I think it would have been very different. But, you know, I interesting, concur. but just in a different way. Yeah. Interesting that you say about just the expense to fly him out, because this is a separate little film. I mean, it's a commercial. They could have taped it anywhere, I would think. Any place where you have a lot of cars, you know, a... Cars and a seal. You could have filmed that.
1: Well, they, they actually did, which is kind of funny because uh, also in yeah. the commentary, we find out that the first shot that we see with just John Cadenhead... That is actually in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I don't have huh? the address in front of me, but it's at the early Ernie Miller Pontiac in Tulsa. That's at
0: 4700 South Memorial Drive in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is now the Mark Miller Buick GMC dealership. And you can call them to get a car at 918-770-4364. There you go.
1: There you go. But <laughs> the shot with the seal was actually filmed in LA. So they had to get John Cadenhead. I, well, I mean, I don't know where John Cadenhead originally hailed from. So I don't know if he had to go to Tulsa or if he was already in Tulsa and then had to go to LA for the seal shot. I don't know. So the, the seal was the better deal there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that seal is really into it. I, I assume the seal doesn't know English. I hope
2: not. And le- unless like clubbing quote unquote is, you know, a euphemism. Like it means something different in seal language, something good. I hope.
1: Speaking of that, I did find in my, my uh, internet travels there is, in uh, Juneau, Alaska, there is a comedy troupe called Club Baby Seal. Oh. <laughs> um So it's kind of dark comedy, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really get a, a chance to to sample their, their wares. But uh, I think they've got a few shirts you can buy. Um, but this, Really? I, I honestly don't remember if the website was updated. This might have been from, like, 2009 or something like that. But it, it exists.
0: All right. One final thing about Crispin, I, I find it very interesting um, that he would pass on anything at this point in time. So this is probably being filmed in 1998, or excuse me, 1988, um, and I'm pretty sure this is kind of like the height of his legal embattlement with Steven Spielberg, where he was kind of being blackballed from Hollywood in general. So it's a little surprising that he passed on on anything, but... That's what you do when you're a true uh, auteur, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily see him shying away from living on the street if he has to, or, you know, living in front of Steven Spielberg's house if he has to. <laughs>
2: well, I, I could see him. I haven't met him, uh, Mr. Glover, but I, I could see he's the kind of person that he would read a script. He would kind of latch on to a part and say, if I'm not playing that part, then I'm not interested in anything else.
0: If I don't get to harm a mammal, then forget it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's about the art.
0: I don't want to deny anybody else the chance to uh, talk more about uh, killing seals, but... uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do have one thing about this commercial. So this is a commercial that you're watching on television that was taped previously. Or you assume that it's not just a live commercial. Every time you see a commercial, it's live. He says in that commercial... The deal is for the next hour, and if nobody comes down, he's going to club the baby seal in the next hour. (laughs) So he's potentially clubbed that baby seal before this commercial has ever made it to television.
0: Yeah, I I suppose.
2: I I assume that's one of those things, like, I've seen commercials where they say, like, call in the next 15 minutes and you'll get a special deal. And they just say that to get people to call when, you you know, anytime you call, you're really getting the same deal.
1: Hmm. I would hope so.
2: Or maybe, or or maybe he knows. I I don't know much about the advertising biz, but maybe he's booked. You know, he knows what time the commercial is going to air. So even if it's not live, he knows. Well, I paid for the two fifteen break during this show. So between two fifteen and three fifteen, if nobody comes down and buys a car,
0: not that cool I want feel. to, but <laughs> I
2: I said I was going to do it and. You know this seal is not going to make a liar out of me, so <laughs> I, I have to. I don't want to, but I have to. You know, kind of thing. Um, yeah, but pu- I, the I'm, public I'm, made I'm, me do this. Yes, you, 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 by not buying the car, are making me do this. I didn't want to do it. Look what you made me do. Um, but I know. I, I, I assume that there's he's not actually going to club the seal. It's just trying to get
1: people. I don't down know. There, he, you know. Is yeah, he is crazy. He is crazy. You know he'll do it. Yeah.
2: I mean, people do ask
1: him where he got all those cars, and he doesn't
2: tell them. So,
1: so that we we do go back to uh, George mentioning about all these these uh, reruns. It'd be nice to have some live shows. I don't know. I don't have anything to say about this except that <laughs> you know, Weird Al. We we we've already seen Mr. Ed. So, it, do you think UHF sixty uh, two was was running in the laboratory when we saw Mr. Ed, or was that some other channel?
0: I think that. Uh... Okay, I think I think a couple of things. I think, hmm, ah, I'm split right down the middle on that. I think that Philo had that on to monitor what the station was doing, but I also think that that Philo did not have that on to monitor what the station was doing. Philo had that on for research purposes. He was trying to find out more about Earth culture. So I, I'm very split on that. It could be either one. It could go. It could, I guess it could be both.
2: I think it's the state. I think he's he's doing research on Earth culture by watching the station.
1: Do you think that's why he's working there? So yeah, I, I think that is that's. Or do you, or do you, th- or do you think that he's working there slash living there just because that's
0: it's a good place to have all that tech and nobody questions you? Well, uh, weird uh, George questions him right off the bat. Well, what are you doing here? That's like the first thing out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah, you
2: could,
0: yeah, that's yeah. But he's, we've already established George really, is uh, not like uh, imposing
2: other loser nephews. He's different.
1: Well, in case he does step out of line, he's already shocked him with sixty thousand volts anyway. So. Yeah, I don't know. He <laughs> knows how to to back off him just a little bit. He's established his
2: dominance through electricity. <laughs> so we talk about George is complaining that the station is just running reruns. I have cable, like pretty basic cable. I don't have like a super extended package. I have at least two or three stations that that's all they do. All they they just do old reruns because I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's dirt cheap that you don't have to sell a lot of advertising or expensive advertising to make money if your programming costs next to nothing. I mean, I a, a few years ago I caught up I watched the entire run of um the old show
0: soap and then the spin-off Benson. Are you telling me right now Mr. Sean Germain that Benson is a spin-off of another television show?
2: Yes. Huh. You did not know that? <laughs> no.
0: I'm a, I'm a little shooken at the moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, ben, Benson was originally the the butler, um, I guess like butler slash chef for a family that on a sitcom, a half hour sitcom that was a takeoff on daytime soap operas. And that was a show called Soap. And then he left early on, like I think after just, a, I think it was on for five seasons and I think... Um, Robert Guillaume left like after the second season and I'm not sure if if what what the timing was if there was a break in between but he left pretty early in the run and went on to become the well the butler of the governor on Benson
0: huh yeah crazy wow that's how that
2: happened yeah so yeah Benson is a spinoff of a another sillier show a much better show in in my opinion
0: come at me Benson fans (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, so yeah so we, i mean based on on this obviously uh i think i mean we'll see in the rest of the film how the decision to have more live shows uh turns out but um i don't know i think maybe there should be some more stations playing reruns because i i did not know this and um now i want to watch Benson. i don't want to watch uh uncle nutsy's clubhouse <laughs> nobody else does <laughs> But I really I like the the tease
2: at the end of the at the end of these 62 minutes or 62 seconds, because you expect or I expect first time watching this when George is saying, well, why are we showing all these reruns? I'm sure we could use some more live show, something like and I expected it's going to now fade out into George's imagination and we're going to see another, you know, another parody George doing something else. That's kind of a takeoff on something. Something in George's imagination. Yeah.
1: But we get interrupted mm-hmm. by an oh no from the other room. Yep. Not yet. Not yet. We got to... This, this movie paces itself. It's We've talked about the restraints of this movie. That it uh, doesn't just give you everything all at once. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because when I think of Weird Al Yankovic,
0: I think restraint.
1: That's weird. That's what every <laughs> guest says. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Let's... Uh... Put a pin in this, I guess, so we can find out what the problem is that Pam, uh, Pamela Finkelstein, is uh, gonna um, bring to our mm-hmm. attention next episode, and we'll be back after two years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, um, <laughs> nobody use iTunes at all. No, whatever you whatever you do. do, don't use iTunes. You do go to MySpace and find us on MySpace. And go to UHF62nd.com and read about the ongoing adventures of the big boy. And also, uh, Sean German, where can listeners go to find out more about you and your projects? Uh,
2: Sure. Well, one place you can go, or the one place you can go, is catandshawn.org. And that's C-A-T, like the animal, and Sean as in Sean German, catandsean.org. And there I have links to all my podcast stuff. And uh, one of those links will take you to Spinal Tap Minute. Speaking of Pamela Finkelstein, uh, Spinal Tap Minute, where uh, my wonderful co-host Heidi Bennett and I covered the movie This Is Spinal Tap uh, one minute at a time, 60 seconds, kind of similar to what you're doing here, but with a different movie and a, a different number of seconds. Um, but we got to talk about the the wonderful Fran Drescher playing mm-hmm. Bobby uh Bobby Fleckman so if you if you're watching this and you're like hey that Fran Drescher she's quite an actor has she acted in other stuff the answer is yes and we talked about it so there you go Spinal Tap Minute
1: excellent (laughs) I just wish that was the the intro to all these shows (laughs) did they do this yes and we talk about it (laughs) (laughs) that's that's pretty much what we do they did and we do
0: well Jonathan do you want to uh sing us off sing us off uh I has,
2: don't know. has there... uh weird al ever done a parody of a spinal tap song
0: wow that would be interesting that's pretty <laughs> meta i don't know i i don't think so but i'm yeah. kind of missing that now the only thing i can think of is he
2: could do a parody of big bottoms called big bottles which is a song about three liter bottles of soda
1: i like it that seems right up his alley
2: and and that's why that's why Weird Al gets paid to do what he does, and and I do not.
1: My guess was just love sump, like it's just a sump pump that Ooh. that works very well for everybody. I don't know. <laughs> I like yours better.
2: All right. Well, so listeners, um, you know, think of your own Weird Al parodies of Spinal Tap songs, and uh, you know, post it on our uh, on our MySpace page, and uh, visit us on uh, GeoCities, that's right. and you know, let us know what you think
0: you should tweet those at us because i i actually haven't been i have not been able to figure out how myspace works anymore <laughs> i try to post something to it and i can't figure it out <laughs> it's such a terrible that's, site <laughs> that's good because i don't really know how twitter works either so you can handle that yeah yeah um and speaking of handles our twitter handle is at uhf 60 seconds so tweet us your um spinal tap Let weird al mashups
1: Hashtag weird tap. Hashtag spinal ale. Spinal. Spinal. ale weird and tap. No. Weird spinal tap. Spinal tap. This is weird spinal tap. I don't know. Never mind.
2: <laughs> Goodbye.